And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc Manson, at Doc Manson, you look so crisp to me. I know I asked you before we recorded how I looked, but I just have to say, you look like I can see every book on the bookshelf behind you. I can see, are you wearing a button-up shirt or is that a polo shirt? What do you, what do you, what do you got on? What did you dress up? It's a polo, but it's got buttons. So, you know. <clears throat> but yes, I am recording the first uh, DDT wrestling on the new MacBook and you look you always look good, but today you look great. Well, thank you, sir. And and again, you you I think it's an improvement. You look kind of soft. I think the thing I'm having trouble with is you've got that blur background filter on, and like your microphone is like clipping into your shoulder, and half of your face is missing. So I, I think you probably look pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's definitely better. an improvement. Yeah, <clears throat> I, ha- I haven't sh- I haven't showered today, so oh, lovely! I can smell you from here. No, well, thank you. No. You look uh, lovely, sir. Do you only shower? Are you one of those like one of those hip celebrities who only showers when they smell? <laughs> no, fuck no! I shower every single morning. Period. Is it one of the first things you do? Like, what is? Walk me through. The Doc Manson morning routine. What does Doc Manson oh, okay. do when his eyes open in the morning? The, the, the <clears throat> routine has changed as a result of the pandemic and sure. working from home. Sure. Um, these days, I wake up, I stroll downstairs, I make myself some coffee, I make myself some breakfast, I eat, I drink, I bring the coffee upstairs to the computer, I check my work emails, I fire off some quick responses. If I've got one or two things that I got to do within the hour, I get that done. Then typically I'll go, I'll change into um, some athletic wear. You know, I will go down into my basement. I will do uh, exercising, which eh, about, you know, half an hour or so, depending on what I'm doing. After which I will come upstairs. I will take the shower um, get myself all spiffied up and dressed for the day. Then I will, you know, check back in with the work computer if there's anything that needs to happen. Otherwise, I'll head downstairs because we're probably coming close to lunchtime. And I will. Wait, hold on. We didn't preface this. What time are you getting up and going downstairs to do these things? Um, nine o'clock. Okay. Maybe. Okay. So then with the with the working out and showering, now it's around 11 or 12. Got it. Yeah. Are you eating chocolate covered pineapple? I am. See, I was able to I was able to recognize that with the crystal clear video here provided on this fancy new computer. All right. Continue. In terms of the chocolate covered pineapple, one Mrs. Manson had a birthday. Um, yes. Over she the weekend. Did. Well, I guess beginning of the week, actually. And uh, her. Her dear brother sent along an edible arrangement. Well, that is lovely of him. How nice. How nice for him to send it to her maiden name, despite the fact that we've been married and her name has been changed for the last eight years. How nice. Did that bother you? It didn't actually, I actually didn't even notice. Um, but Mrs. Manson <laughs> noticed. So, Did it bother her? You know. I don't think so. Not really, but it was just kind of one of those things where it's like, 
her brother is like notorious for having his head up his own ass, you know, in the clouds. Well, he is. He's very, he's very self-absorbed. And not in like that arrogant sort of way, just in that he's just one of those people who just like his mind goes a mile a minute and it's always about him, 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 you know, like even once he had kids and he's just like, I got to do this. This is the kids. But but when I got to do this for me and I got to bring my thing to here and I got to do my work at the table at swim lessons, you know, like he's just if he would just take a minute and actually slow down for half a minute, his life is fine. But anyways. But yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, she's probably just in his phone because she's been in his phone as forever and he's never updated it because he couldn't be bothered to do anything that you know doesn't immediately affect him because he's just so busy with everything else going on in his life. That's all. Okay. Um, do you think he has her in his phone with her last name as if like he doesn't know who that person is? I mean, he probably has her in the phone with the last name that he shares with her. Um, that was formerly her last name. That is now her maiden. Yeah. But my question is, I'm not sure what you're asking in your phone. I'm going to presume you have your brother's number. I could be wrong. You may have gotten rid of it. Do you have him with his last name attached? Yeah. Okay. Every modern phone has a contacts app where it asks for first name Last yeah, name. But you don't have I to don't give, have, you don't have to give it. You don't have to give a last name. Yeah, but why wouldn't you? What do you put him what is your mom in as mom? Yes. Well, why don't you put her in as her name? Because that's who she is as a person. Being a mother does not necessarily define her. She is a woman who existed both before and well, maybe not after you, but after you flew the coop, let's say. I'm sure she has dreams and desires and wants and, and things that don't, don't just revolve around her role as a mother. So sure. I find that, is that true. that is very <clears throat> reductive of you. Perhaps so. However, if my mother saw that I had her listed by her full name, she would be insulted. I also don't like my parents. So maybe that's got something to do with it. <laughs> and maybe it's because I'm an only child. Okay. Is Mrs. Manson listed by first and last name in your phone? Absolutely. Okay. I went through, I didn't. I had nobody in my phone with first and last name. And I went through maybe a year or so ago and put last names in for most people, but not for my parents and not for my wife. And for me, it just says that dickhead, probably. No, it has your first name. I almost put you in as Doc Manson. I did consider that. But no, it has your full name. Uh, I would like to hear from the besties listening. How do you handle contacts on your phone? Do you do first and last name for everybody? Maybe it's your, your, I will say your brother has a fairly common first name. So you might have multiple people with that name in your phone. So I have I said, probably four people with my mom's name. I've got three or four people with my dad's name. I don't think I've got anybody else with my brother's name, actually. but. Point taken. How many contacts do you have in your phone? Good question. Um, offhand, I don't know. Probably not that many. You can scroll to the bottom and it'll tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I am navigating to that app currently. Uh, I have 49 currently. Okay, you have 49. And that's probably reduced. At one time, I probably had more than that in there um, because 
I've eliminated almost everybody I went to college with, um, college friends. Um, you're still there, of course. Is tall guy still there? Tall guy is there, but of course he's been a friend much longer than college. Is is the puppet guy there? No. For example, okay, puppet guy is not there. Did you save them or did you just delete them? No, they're gone. As far as I'm concerned, I don't even know if they have the same number. I haven't talked to them in 20 years. So, yeah, I went through. This is literally within the last week or two. I went through and I'm down to 62. I was over 100 and I got rid of uh, all of the people from the summer job I had for years and years and years working at summer camp. And then I went through and got rid of all of uh, a good portion of the college people, but I've moved their names over into a Google doc in case I do need their number. At some point I can access it. I'm just not nostalgic like that. I have very few people who I consider friends and I can get in touch with them and everyone else uh, who needs them. I find it remarkable that of the 49 people in your phone, three or four of them have the same name just on the surface. And I understand your mom has a very common first name, but it's just. And part of it is because at least two of those people are my staff who work for me who share the same first name. And at one point that was three. And I think that third person is still. In, I literally had three, three people with the same first name that worked for me when I first started in this position. Plus then my mother who has that same first name. How did you. uh did you have large meetings where did you have to come up with nicknames for them all? No, I think that actually happened before I was there. Cause again, they existed before I started my role. So I think even the last person and then even amongst themselves, um, one of them was always referred to as first name, last name. Um, and then the other two have middle names. So they would go as first middle, first middle. Okay. I'm always interested. I just got my, <clears throat> The, the supposed final list of who's going to be in my class this year. And I have two people with the same name and it's an uncommon name. And I'm like, just split them up. No, this is not that difficult. I don't understand why you're putting them in the same class. Cause inevitably I will have to come up with a nickname for one of them, but well, all right. I didn't expect this, this conversation to go this way, but I'm glad we did. You know, so yes, you can share with us how many contacts you have in your phone. And, uh, and how you organize them, um, either via Twitter. I am, of course, DC Matthews at the DC Matthews, or uh, by sending us an email, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. So outside of uh, your phone and the fruit that you got from your brother-in-law, um, what's new in the life of Doc Manson? How are things? How's it going? What's crack-a-lacking? Well, I think I, I kind of had the realization more or less yesterday. Obviously, it's I've known it's been on the calendar, but yesterday it was it kind of just hit me like a freight train. I go to work on Monday. Already? August 15th. Everybody's supposed to be back in the office full time. How are you feeling about that? Not great. But you qu- I, I you, understand. Have you quit? No, I have no plans to quit. Do you think by November 15th, you'll still be in the office full time? I know. Yeah, we probably. About, I know we talked about this last week in the greedy, greedy capitalist pigs um, that are major division one university, but um, it's impossible to know. But I think 
all likelihood, yes. Yes, we will still be right. there. <clears throat> yeah, we've got, I don't go back until whatever the last Monday of August is. And my but I think wife you also, already... well, I think you also forget. I, I don't normally ever go home during the summer. So you go back, you're going back already. It's not that I, it's, it's really just the pandemic that's affected my schedule. You know, I don't, I don't normally get time off in yes, the summer. But, but that makes it even bigger. I suppose that this is, you know, you, I know you have gone to your, your lab and you've gone to your office, but this will sure. be the first time returning to a full-time schedule uh, in two years, a year and a half. What year and a half anyways. Yep. How do you yep. think that's going to go? Do you still remember where to park? Do you sell the parking pass? Did you have to, did you get a parking pass that whole, do you have to pay for a parking pass or do they, is that part of the, uh, the perks? No, you pay for a parking pass, and they're quite expensive. They make you pay for a parking pass despite being employed. Uh-huh. Greedy, greedy capitalist pigs. Yeah. No, it's, it's very, it's, and it's not inexpensive. It is an expensive parking pass. Yeah. About $400 for the year. That's ridiculous. Uh-huh. At least, at least you don't have to buy two. You know, at least I don't have Manson, to buy two. Now, last I heard, she was going to have a meeting. I'm sure at some point she'll come do the trash and she can let us know herself. But um, she was going to have a meeting with a superior to talk about whether or not she was going back to work or if she was going to continue working from home. And she was hoping for some sort of hybrid model. Uh, did that work? Um, minimum, her not her boss, but the boss of her division has put off her department from returning to work until the 30th. So she's got a two week window beyond me. Um, but even beyond that, she has at this point officially requested um, three days off, two days in the office. Um, this is sort of unrelated to COVID. It's related to my schedule actually um, for uh, my second position that I am, sure, I am doing back this fall between, between jobs. So it's sort of, she'd be asking for it basically regardless, um, but we'll see how that goes. And her plan is, um, it sounds like they're going to allow people at least two days off campus. So she's going to take at least those two. And if they won't give her the third, she legitimately has enough vacation time saved up that she's just never going to work a Friday for the entire semester. And that's on them. If they don't want her to work five days a week, she can work four days a week. She doesn't mind. But if yeah. they allow her to work, work from home, she will work. Yeah, I will work that fifth day if you let me home. Otherwise, <clears throat> she can sit and watch horror movies without you. Yep, absolutely. Well, fair enough. Yes, yes, I do understand it is a totally different situation. I'll be very interested to talk with you next week if we have the time because you'll be going back to work and, you know. You know, I never know when these episodes may be the last because your schedule will just overwhelm. Um, I will say the next two weeks are already shaping up to be a nightmare. So, yeah, well, I have can, no time. <laughs> I, I can be flexible. I can record in the morning. Uh, are you starting to No, You said you woke up at nine. Are you starting to stagger your wake ups? Oh, Dear DC, how little you know. 9 a.m. is me beginning to move that forward. 
Okay. So tomorrow is what, 8.30? 45? Yeah, probably something like that. So you no. can't just, you can't stroll in next week at 10 o'clock and be like, hey, I'm here. What do you want from me? I'm gonna. Yeah, I mean, honestly, next week I have no intention of showing up at my normal start time. I will get there when I get there, and I will put in a quote-unquote full day, um, but I'm not holding myself to the regular old business hours that once existed. I'm not holding my staff to it, so I don't see why anybody would hold me to it. Again, it's one of those things where I get my job done. The end. Oh, goodness, yes. No, my wife is already starting to make noise about going into her uh, school and starting to, you know, slowly get things set up. And I'm like, nope. Nope. Maybe the week before. Maybe the week before I'll stroll in and open some boxes. But really not feeling it. And as I mentioned on, I think, in the Bestie chat yesterday, uh, you know, our, our principal just announced his resignation. He's he's going back to teaching. He is he is taking a job closer to home. Uh, but instead of the rumor is he didn't he didn't confirm uh, that he is stepping out of being an administrator and going back into the classroom, which is rare that you see someone make a reverse move. But pretty so. common at the university level. Pretty much everybody yeah. who serves as the president ends up going back to teaching because they get to keep their higher salary and um, get paid $300,000 a year to teach a single class as faculty for the rest of their lives. That's the goal. That's what you should be aspiring to. <laughs> Forget this lecturing business. Be a <clears throat> university president. Yeah, it won't happen unless you become a full-time tenured faculty member somewhere first, which, you know, won't happen. So, Yeah, I don't know. I'm assuming that doesn't work in, in public education. He won't be making whatever he was making, but he's also a single guy in his forties who I believe already owns a home. So I don't think he needs the amount of money he was making. And he said it was the right choice for him and his family. So I will, I will go with that. He and I did not see eye to eye. So I am not sad that he is leaving, but now the question is just who the hell are they going to find to replace him? So since since that's maybe a GQ will apply. There is a person that works that is a teacher who has their admin, so they. Could oh yeah, go. I guess I have to edit that out, huh? Because GQ is a window washer. Ah, all right. I don't know what you're talking about. I think it's fine. But anyways, uh, yeah. So that'll that'll be happening. So <clears throat> considering no one's gonna know what's going on at my school right now anyway, so there's no point in me going in. Plus, there's so much wonderful wrestling to be talking about. Did, did you watch NXT yesterday? Come on, DC. You know I didn't. I'm just asking. Um, you know, NXT was the talk of the, the wrestling world this week because on Friday... Uh, what was it? 13 names. I don't believe we talked about this. I think this just happened recently. Uh, 13 names were released, including Bronson Reed and uh, other people whom you do not know. I don't the know. The only person on the list whose name I recognized was Mercedes Martinez. Even Bronson Reed. I was like, who? Yeah. I had no idea who any of those so, were except you know, for her. So the, the rumor is that 
uh, Vince McMahon and his brain trust, quote unquote, uh, are, are moving in a different direction with NXT. They no longer want it to be a third brand. They want it to be developmental. They want the rumors. Again, it's all rumors and speculations from what I can tell, but the rumors are they don't want the little guys. They don't want the older guys. You're Johnny. Gargano, no, no. They didn't say little guys in their official communication. What'd they say? They said no more midgets. <laughs> and to hear Dave Meltzer say it, he said that that was the official wording of the corporate memo. Was That was how they phrased it. Those were not his words. Those were their words. Yeah. So, again. How does anybody that- feel good about supporting this company in this day and age? How does anyone feel good about supporting the WWE? It, it gets tricky. I will say it gets tricky because, again, I don't necessarily believe every word that Dave Meltzer says, but I do believe that Triple H's experiment of doing, you know, the greatest indie show that's ever been didn't work and didn't, you know, didn't create new stars. People have been saying for weeks and months, Eddie said it on our show that was then lost so then he went on a different podcast and said the exact same things, which made me put my foil hat on and believe he was just using us as a warm up. But, um, you know, he said that WWE doesn't make stars anymore. And he's right because all the people that they made in their quote unquote developmental stayed. Johnny Gargano was a star, a smaller star, but he was a star. Tommaso Ciampa was a star. Adam Cole was a star and never left. Right. But. Again, I feel like that's all that's all something that got lost in the translation. I would say to say that Triple H was a failure, I think is incorrect. I think that I think that people that were built up in NXT were never properly utilized on the main roster. They got called up and then they just didn't know what to do with them. I think that if you had a unified creative between the two brands, they would have been fine. Alistair Black was set up to be a star. Asuka was set up to be a star. And don't get me wrong, Asuka has done very well on the main roster, unlike Alistair Black, but she's not a star the way that Charlotte Flair or Becky Lynch is. Or were, I should say, in the second case of that. But you know what I mean? Like, um, Samoa Joe and Finn Balor, they all did very well on NXT and didn't translate well to the main roster. Um, Sami Zayn. Wow, Finn Balor did, great. did until he got hurt. Well, even still, I don't think he really translated that well because they they went on, in on the Demon King thing with no explanation. They 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 deprioritized Finn Balor, the man. The mainstream audience had no idea who he was or why they should care. They mishandled him. They mishandled every single person they've brought up who were everyone who was set to be a star, with maybe the exception of Kevin Owens. And Kevin Owens just didn't break out the way that maybe he should have or could have. But again, when you talk about how bad creative was around with everybody else, is it surprising that Kevin Owens is only sort of the mid-level star that he's turned out to be? No, but I I think you're right. I think when I said that the Triple H experiment didn't work in the minds of the people who made the big decisions, you know, and people are like, oh, AEW drove NXT out of business. Let's calm down about that. I don't think that's what's happening here. I think it's a 
whether or not they're setting up to sell to NBC Universal or not, they're looking at their big picture and going, you know, we need a pipeline to have people to be ready. We used to have OVW and FCW and all of these other ways to get your John Cena's ready, to get your Randy Orton's ready. And now we don't have that as much anymore. And we're bringing up guys like Damian Priest, but they're not getting the chance to really shine and develop in NXT. And so they need to, you know, rearrange things. And I don't necessarily see that as a problem. Apparently, you know, tensions are high with the roster. I don't blame that at all. The only thing that I think is strange is if, if you go back to really the NXT before the NXT that we know now, I, I'm not convinced that anybody good came out of there either. Which, which NXT are we talking here? Because they're going back to your Seth Rollins, your Big E, your Roman Reigns, your Bray Wyatt's. I mean, I would That's say that they... Big E did come out of the current X- NXT. He was their sort of at the genesis of what I would call the new NXT. And so yeah. I guess you're right about Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns but I don't think that's any more true or less true than the success that again, Kevin Owens has had or Oscar has had. Um, no, it's not that different. Yeah. They have had, I think just as many successes I, again, I, but like when you go back to like, when you think about like, uh, I don't know you're, and I don't know if this is OVW or NXT or what, but I'm just in my head. I'm like, what, are we going to get Heidenreich? Are we going to get Gene Snitsky? Are we going to get Mordecai? Are we going to get, like, because, again, that's the rumor I read here is they want to have this focus going back to the big guys. How many big guys ever worked out from those companies, for, for, from those developmentals? Like, not many. Not many. Don't get me wrong. Yes, a few success stories, but probably just as many failures. And I don't, I'm not saying that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are failures. I think the fact that they have lasted on the main roster this long, are they multi-time world champions? No, but that again, Owens is, I think, everybody. isn't he? He's a multi-time champion. I think he only won the universal title once, but oh, still, okay. you know, and, and you're going to have hits and misses for every Kevin Owens. There's a Neville for every Sami Zayn or Roman Reigns. There's an Ascension. That, you know, but you have to send these guys up. I think the problem became once they started keeping guys and the blame (laughs) over the weekend on social media was starting to fall on guys like Gargano and Champa. But once you had guys that were in your main event picture who didn't then make the jump and continue to have success, you know, that is where. Maybe part of the problem happened. And yes, supposedly they want guys like this guy, Odyssey Jones, the guys like Josh Briggs. I'm like, you have, you're calling him T-Bar and Mace now, but you had two big guys. You're, uh, you're, what do you call them? You're uh, Dijak and Dio Madden. Baron Corbin, I would argue, is a big guy. He's, He's possibly the most entertaining person on Raw or SmackDown right now. I don't even know how to begin uh, telling you you're wrong about that, but hey, you know, I will say seen, I saw him have backstage. You seen the gimmick? Have you doing, seen the gimmick he's doing right now? Are, are you going to let me talk? So I was going to say I saw him backstage. I saw him doing a sad sack gimmick, um, sorry, being Doc. interviewed by someone or another, 
And yeah, it was the most entertaining thing I've ever seen him do. So I'll, I'll give that to you. I'll give that to you. My apologies, Doc Manson. I'm sorry I interrupted. Yeah. I know. I know. This is my show. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I know I'm usually not the one doing the interrupting on this show. Uh, but it's, you know, it's interesting. I'll be interested to see. We've got a takeover coming up after SummerSlam. <clears throat> we'll see what happens from there. You know, our takeover is going to start happening less frequently. Are they not going to be on Peacock anymore? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But it is, it's an, it's an interesting time, I suppose. And right now, the biggest story in AEW, as far as I can tell, is there some guy I've never heard of who I guess did a, you know, a, a rap or something, a freestyle that was inappropriate and may or may not have been suspended or fired. That's about as, it's about the biggest AEW news that I'm aware of. Besides, again, the, oh, CM Punk may be coming or maybe not. Daniel Bryan may be coming or maybe not. Buddy Murphy may be coming or maybe not. And I love Buddy Murphy, but. What era of NXT do you think they're trying to return to? Um, I would, again, go back to your The Shield came out. Well, the guys from The Shield came out of NXT. The guys from, you know, Big E and Xavier Woods are guys from NXT before they all left the company. So Big E was in NXT in 2012, I'm seeing here on the roster sheet. Yeah. So I, I'm going to turn back a page to 2011. Yep. And so 2011's NXT was Darren Young, Derek yep. Bateman, uh, the Usos. EC3. Yep. yep. The Usos. Johnny Curtis. Yep. Uh, yep. Caitlin. Mandango. Yep. <laughs> Matt Stryker. Michael McGillicuddy. Percy Watson, Titus O'Neil, Trent Beretta, Tyler Rex, Tyson Kidd, and Yoshi Tatsu. Like, no big stars that year. Let's go back to 2010. Uh, did you say the Usos? I'm sorry, but the Usos suck balls. I don't care what they're doing now with Roman Reigns. Wow. They are, wow. They're some of the least entertaining folks in the world. 2010, we've got all time. We've got Connor O'Brien. We've got Jacob Novak. We've got Johnny. Now now you're getting into now you're getting into like the tough enough era. That's not where they're going. That's not what they're trying to do. Then what are they? How far? Then they're going back before 2010. They're going back to the era when you became a star in NXT and then moved up to the main roster. Your Big E, your New Day, came out of that. Not Kofi Kingston. I think two thirds of the New Day. I think, but my point is, I think that is the Triple H era. So, yes. The early days. Because Triple H, you know, brought them to, I almost think they want to go back to the era before NXT was a weekly show on the network. You know, the WWE Network came out in 20, what was it, 14? So, Big E was maybe wrapping up in 2014, but no, it was Bo Dallas. It was Bo Dallas was the champion heading into, heading into that era. So I think it's the, we want to groom stars on a small scale, and then once the, we think they're ready, we call them up. Once Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, now Sami Zayn was there from the start, but once you know Sami Zayn and everybody loved Tyler Breeze, and I love Tyler Breeze, but he is who he is, you know, and they started becoming stars. That's when people 
also because of the network <clears throat> got on, you know, got onto Twitter and we're like, why isn't Kevin Owens doing anything? Why isn't Hideo Itami doing anything? Why isn't Finn Balor doing anything? So 2012, and 2012, where Biggie Langston's on that card, Aiden yep. English, Angelo Dawkins, yep. Bo Dallas, Brad Maddox, Bray Wyatt, admittedly, but he's gone yep. now too. CJ Parker, Conan o- Connor O'Brien, not Conan. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Corey Graves, remember when he used to wrestle? Uh, Emma, Enzo Amori, Eric Rowan. Yeah. Jason you're naming, Jordan. You're Cassius pe- Ono. Leo Kruger. Luke Adam Harper. Rose. Yes. Again, people- you're, name, you're naming people who became Corey Graves. Yes, his career took a turn, but Corey Graves is a huge part of WWE right now. He's not as a wrestler. None of no, these people are, are, became huge stars. None of them. The, the Wyatt family did not become huge stars. They did for a flash in a pan second for a year. Doc. I'm telling you, Bray they, Wyatt and they the Wyatt never family. did anything of substance with, with the Wyatt family. Bray Wyatt barely ever won a title. He's barely won any matches. He became a big deal because he's charismatic because he has an interesting character. But you can't stand there and tell me that creative was ever behind him in a big, bad way. He never became the face of the WWE. No, but I would and say they got Luke, behind and him. Luke Harper and Eric Rowan certainly never were that either. No, but they were part of the family. The whole thing with Daniel Bryan and John Cena before we even got to the Firefly Funhouse match, like the Wyatt family for a good chunk of time was one of the major heel parts of that roster. I think it was a major thing that the audience loved, but I think it was something the company never supported. I don't know necessarily that I They put Daniel Bryan in the Wyatt family that year in an attempt to kill his momentum so they wouldn't have to put him in the main event of WrestleMania. They put him in the Wyatt family to debase him as a character and as a performer. You can't tell me they considered the Wyatt family in high regard when that was how they tried to kill Daniel Bryan and get him out of WrestleMania 30. The Wyatt family was a major part of WWE stories for a good chunk of time. And then when they split up, Eric Rowan's Eric Rowan, but your Luke Harper was a, was a solid member of the roster. Oh yeah. Tell that to the bludgeon brothers. Braun Strowman was a solid member of that roster. Braun Strowman, I would say absolutely. But yes. So not everyone. I I think the recent treatment of Bray Wyatt only again, underscores what I'm saying. You you named a bunch of wrestlers. Angelo Dawkins is one half of the Street Profits, which is a major tag team on the roster. Are they going to set the world on fire? Maybe, maybe not. But they're a core part of it. The, the but you could take gate- you can. But that's my point. My whole point here is like if you're talking about making stars, real stars, your next Roman Reigns, your next John Cena. None of these guys are that. Yes, you could take Gargano and Ciampa right now and put them on the main roster and they could be the Street Profits. They're nothing special. 
Um, you could take any of the guys from NXT and they could be on the main roster as guys that are hardly ever there, barely used in a tag division that makes no sense, that's given no time, that is barely recognized or given anything to do at all. Yeah, you could do that and they could be a major part of the roster to hear you say it. But at the end of the day, they're not going to be the face of the company. Those people are one in a million. And whether or not it's Triple H charge or before that, I think they've had the same success rate. I think we're arguing about the same thing here. Ultimately, yes, is that of course. <clears throat> the current trust fund at the top of this company making changes for what? I think they feel like the next face of the company is not someone who was a three-time Ring of Honor champion. They, John Cena came up and was a WWE guy, unless you happened to be in California in early 2000 and watched the prototype. He was a WWE guy. Roman Reigns is a WWE guy. Like sure. they want to, gr- they want to grow one of these stars, Adam Cole. Could he be the face one of the faces of the company? Absolutely. And maybe he will be AJ but, Styles right, was, but right now they're, NXT is being built around guys like Kyle O'Reilly and Gargano and, you know, all and Karrion Cross and people love them and they're very talented, but I'm not sure you look at any of them and go face of the company. No, and I agree. You don't, but I don't think you're going to have any more luck going to your local gym and finding a muscle headed bodybuilder than somebody who's been plying their craft in the indies for the last 10 years and who happens to be 31 years old. I think that it's, it's a, it's just a skewed perspective. That's just not true. You can't be saying no guys over 30. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. But again, they've shown time and time again that they are resistant to the idea of capitalizing on anybody's talent or fame that was grown outside of the WWE system. It's a sickness that they have with putting people over who managed to get over on their own accord or in other companies. I, I don't think it has anything to do with the talent. It has everything to do with how that trust fund at the top of the company then chooses to use those people when they're on the main roster. Yeah. The issue there's multi it's a multifaceted issue the writing the creative certainly an issue the fact that you apparently have to have vince mcmahon's seal of approval before anyone does anything remote you know apparently adam cole had a meeting with vince mcmahon vince came out of the meeting liking adam cole and directed the creative brain trust i want multiple stories for him so that when he comes up to the main roster we're good to go I don't think he does that for everybody. But I think the the issue right now is a lot of this talent in NXT doesn't look like they're going anywhere. And so how much time do you want to put in Pete Dunne if he's never going to Raw or SmackDown? I agree. But I mean, I also think that if you're looking to uh, save money for the company, the first thing you do is you shut down NXT UK. You don't have any... Real corporate headquarters over there. You're it's it's just a hugely redundant operation. You clearly are never going to make good on on Triple H's original vision for having uh, uh, an NXT branch on every continent or whatever major market. Like yeah. you're clearly not going to actually expand that way. So maybe the, that's maybe a ton that's, of wasted money. Maybe that's 
where they're going. Maybe that's the actual issue is it's not that Triple H isn't doing a good job and didn't do a good job with NXT. Clearly he did. It's just this idea that you're going to do NXT Asia, NXT South America, NXT Europe. They're like, eh, maybe not. Because Walter and Ilya Dragunov, who are two of the big parts of NXT UK, are now in America. And who knows how long they're going to stay there. The, the idea is that Walter's going to stick around. But I don't know. It's interesting, though. I, mean, I, you know, I, I do feel badly sometimes about supporting this company when clearly they're either getting ready to sell or they're just floundering. But at the same time, they've had me since I was, you know, eight or nine years old. And again, don't feel too badly for them. You think they're floundering. They're not. They're more profitable than ever. Yes, but I'm I'm saying creatively they're floundering. Oh, sure. But I mean, they've been doing that for at least the last 20 years. So you're going to watch SummerSlam, right? That's really (laughs) what this is all about. You're going to watch SummerSlam. Oh, yeah, I'm very invested. (laughs) Clearly. You're going to dress up like Goldberg and have Mrs. Manson hold up sparklers while you walk in. I'd rather dress up like Goldust, but. Either way, people would pay to see it. Fair enough. That might be the most heated we have gotten about wrestling in quite some time. Yeah, I guess. All right. Shall we move to to the emails? Do you have other things you would like to bring up? Emails. Emails. We have a trio of emails podcast at ddtwrestling.com. Uh, the first one comes from Mitchell. We plucked it out of the spam folder because we didn't want to lose it. Uh, titled wrestling recasts. These are always fun. Recast the Avengers lineup with the 2012 from the 2012 movie adaptation, casting actors as the characters. I assume he means uh, casting wrestlers. wrestlers as the- yeah. So that would include black widow, Hawkeye, captain America, Iron Man, Hulk, and Thor. Feel free to include wrestlers from all time in their prime. Go ahead. You can do the first one. Who do you, who do you want to? Um, I'll go ahead and let John Cena play Captain America. I think he'd be a good fit for that role. I'm assuming you did not watch Suicide Squad. No, I watched Suicide Squad. It's my piece of positivity for this week. <sighs> Uh, my apologies. Oh, my goodness. Uh, table that. We'll move on. Um, I will go ahead and cast um, the magnificent Morocco as Hulk because he looks like Lou Ferrigno. All right. All right. Fair enough. Um, I am going to go ahead and cast Seth Rollins as Black Widow because he's the bitchiest one I can think of. Was that not sensitive? No, that was fine. <laughs> that was fine. That was fine. Uh, hmm. All right. That leaves Hawkeye. Who no one cares about Iron Man and Thor. Thor Hawkeye, Thor. I feel like, I, could be played by anyone without any charisma. All right. Johnny Gargano is Hawkeye. That would totally work. Am I wrong? No, it would be great. Uh, I want Triple H Prime Evolution Triple H, where he looked like he was inflated with a balloon to play Thor. Okay, all right, all right. So that's that's up to you and Iron Man. Who's who's your Tony Stark? 
My Tony Stark will be... You know, I think I think he could pull it off. I'm going to go ahead and cast Xavier Woods as Iron Man. Ooh. That is an inspired choice. All right, so we've got Seth Rollins, Johnny Gargano, John Cena, Xavier Woods, Don Morocco, and uh, Bicycle Pumped Up Triple H. There are your Avengers, everyone. Enjoy the movie. <laughs> Our next email comes from Danielle. Misplaced question. Hello. I thought of a question earlier, but I have temporarily misplaced that question. And instead, I'm attempting to backtrack the thought process leading up to the question. I had my car in the mechanic shop in Oklahoma City over the weekend and had to spend $1,320 to replace the radiator fan because my AC hasn't been working all summer and my car was getting overheated from one-hour commutes. Yikes, glad you're okay. Another repair needs to be done, but I'm going to take my car to my normal repair shop to continue with the three other repairs. The repair documents from the OKC shop reads that the heater blower motor had a previous repair held together by epoxy. Epoxy. I have many questions to whomever the former owner of the smart car was and the repair that was done before I bought the car. New question. Weirdest report or document you've read that had some sort of request or mention of something that didn't fit? For example, part of a smart car being held together by glue, resin glue, upside down smiley face emoji. Any plans for SummerSlam? I'll be having a watch party with friends to officially wrap up the end of the summer. I'm very grateful it is on a Saturday night, and I do hope they continue this for the next SummerSlam and WrestleMania PPVs. Till next time, Danielle S. Uh, I will be watching SummerSlam. That is my plan. Although I probably won't watch the whole thing, but I get sleepy. Weirdest report or document you've read that had some sort of request or mention of something that didn't fit? Well, I mean, just recently I heard a report um, that Triple H's NXT was a complete failure and didn't produce any stars. And frankly, I just didn't sit right with me. I like how you bring it all together, Doc. I like how you bring it all together. Um, <clears throat> I, I read every year I have parents uh, write a little blurb about their child and send it in. Um, and one year, uh, a parent recommended, because it was like, you know, and basically, what do I need to know about your child's strengths, weaknesses, likes, dislikes? and any uh, recommendations. And the parent recommended that I keep a small bowl of goldfish crackers um, and walk by their desk and drop off a goldfish or two every so often um, because the child responds well to positive reinforcement. And I remember going to my principal at the time, this was close to a decade ago, and having him read it and being like, sounds like they're training him like an animal like that's what you do with a dog carry little treats around so you can give them a little kibble and you know let them know they're being a good boy and they're doing this with a child obviously that wasn't worth like a report or something but 
that was probably the strangest thing I've ever heard from a parent that I should, you know. In fairness, they were just training their child uh, to make out well on social media. You know what I mean? Like that, that drip feed of dopamine is exactly how the likes work on social media, your TikToks and Instagrams. So uh, they were just setting up for success in an anticipated future. Wow. You're good, Doc. You're good. Uh, our final email, hope the car works out. Was there, uh, finally, was there child's name spot by any chance? No. Okay, just check. No. Uh, the final email comes from the bestest of the besties, Glenn, Olympic Games. Hi, guys. A real quickie this week. Did you watch any of the Tokyo Olympics? And if you did, what were your standout moments? Thanks, as always, Glenn. How many hours of the Olympics did you watch? Zero. Zero hours. So what were your standout moments? Uh, That time on this show where we discussed some lady not participating because of mental health issues. Fair enough. Although, as I understand it, she did at some point participate. She did. Yeah. She did come back and participate near the end. Um, I didn't watch much. Uh, two things stand out to me. One, I watched surfing as an Olympic sport, which involves a lot of them laying on their board in the water, waiting for the right wave. So they get a certain amount of time. If I, if I understand this correctly, they get a certain amount of time and they have to ride a certain number of waves in that time. But most of the time they just lay on the board, watching the waves and going like over them until they see the right one. And then they get on their surfboard, they stand up and do something that is counted. And then they go back uh, to lying on their board for another 10 or 15 minutes. I'm not saying that I would be good at the surfing part, but, but I laying think on I could the board. do most of that job. Yeah. I mean, I will say, uh, and then go ahead. I was going to say, I read that India took home maybe their first gold medal. Again, I don't know in what I did not see it. And I, that that's fantastic. If true. Um, yeah, I no, saw, and I saw a gif, an animated gif of some swimming event where some guy had a false start and you just watched him like absolutely crushed because like he had the false start. He went in the pool and like, he was like, ah, I've been disqualified and he was so upset. But then the refs ruled that it was okay. And he could still participate because there was apparently noise in the arena, which justified the false start. And so that was a nice human story. also, I guess, Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Interesting. Uh, The second one, as a former amateur wrestler, I I pay a little bit of attention, and I think we're going to see this guy. You want to talk about WWE building stars. I I predict that in the next decade, uh, Gable Stevenson, or Stevenson, who's an Olympic wrestler, um, will wind up wrestling for them at some point. Uh, He was down by two points with 6.5 seconds left and managed to not only uh, tie, but then he, he got, I think he got four points in six seconds, which is ridiculous. So that was a fun moment to watch. Cause you see him get the last points and he like leaps off the bat. It was, that was a nice moment. What was so, this guy's name? 
Gable Stevenson. All right, some follow up questions here. Uh, Gable Stevenson, uh, do you anticipate yes. he will be more or less successful in the WWE than Chad Gable? More. Uh, more or less successful than Jason Jordan? More. But that, that comes down more to the fact that Jason Jordan is injured and wasn't able to, you know. All right. And finally, how many points are wrestlers uh, awarded in the Olympics uh, for that move where you put your thumb in their butthole? I don't think that move specifically uh, gets a lot of points. What was it called uh, again? The, uh, we called it the Grower Grip. Grower uh, Grip. Based, okay. <laughs> based on a, a wrestler who I didn't even know, but a wrestler who wrestled for my high school with the last name of Grower. Uh, but no, Gable Stevenson will be more successful because he is 6'1", 260 pounds, and I'm looking at a picture of him like biting his metal. He looks, actually, we talked about it, he looks like Angelo Dawkins if Angelo Dawkins was ripped. Okay. Right. So, I... Gable Stevenson, I, I'm I'm thinking when his Olympic days are done, will will wander into the world of pro wrestling. Maybe they can make him uh, Chad Gable's brother, Kurt Angle's other son. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> we didn't talk. Kurt Angle just keeps having kids. Every five or so years, he comes back. <laughs> Everybody had another one. All right, that'd be all right. All right. Uh, so I, I I ruined the moment, uh, but tell me about your piece of positivity, the, I have to put the article in, the Suicide Squad. Uh, you know, I think my, my piece of positivity this week is going to be our conversation uh, about the Suicide Squad. Um, I watched that gimmick to paraphrase Jeremy. I'm not sure why a movie is a gimmick, but I'll go with it. Um, it was good. It was fun. I enjoyed it. It was, it was entertaining. It was an entertaining movie. Um, the thing that I, I think is notable about the Suicide Squad is they let uh, James Gunn make a James Gunn film uh, as opposed to David a- Ayer, who uh, was not allowed to make an Ayer movie. And they butchered it and, you know, put together a movie that looked like it had been edited by a non-human algorithm of some sort that made no sense. Um, so yeah, they let James Gunn make a James Gunn movie and that's great. Um, he makes good movies. I've, I love James Gunn's movies. Uh, I'm going all the way back to his early days with trauma films, making Tromeo and Juliet or, uh, Slither. Slither is a great horror movie that he, uh, wrote and directed all pre guardians of the galaxy. Um, you know, so James Gunn makes James Gunn ass films. I like James Gunn and this was a James Gunn ass film and holy shit. DC, can you believe uh, Starro, the Conqueror, uh, appearing in a live-action film? I was a fan. I, I suppose they had to mention that in the trailers, just so you knew. But Mind you, I did not watch the trailers. Oh, so... <laughs> it was amazing. How many la- I was going to say, how many laps around the house did you do when you're like, it's a giant fucking starfish? It was amazing. It really, really yeah. was amazing. Um, yeah. Uh, we watched it this weekend. Um, I thought it was interesting because my wife did not enjoy Guardians of the Galaxy. We actually left the theater. Which is uh, This was much less, less, much less jokey um, than... Yes. Guardians of the Galaxy. Don't get me wrong. It's still 
has humor in it. Um, but they definitely had, I mean, compared to Marvel and DC, uh, DC obviously with the Snyderverse and so forth has a much um, more serious sort of tone to it. And I would say that some of that still touches this film. Um, so it's the Guardians of the Galaxy, but a little bit more serious, a little bit yeah. more grounded. And the thing that well, I really cl- liked about it is they had all sorts of weird characters, right? They had Starro, uh, they had the Weasel, they had uh, uh, they had the, uh, Poke, the Polka Dot Man, right? Like, yeah. And even and, and King Shark and you know all, all these characters. And the thing that I liked about them Hand. is none of those people were ever none of those characters were a joke. They some of them were funny. There were funny things yes. about them, but they treated the characters great. And you know, even going back to the beginning of the film, I loved the setup because again, not having seen the trailers, I wasn't. I was a little confused. I had an inkling where it was going in the beginning, where they were putting the team together. They're introducing these people and that people. And the thing that I loved about it is they're putting together this team, right? And spoilers, I guess, if you haven't seen the movie yet. Um, they put together this team. They send them to this island to do this thing. And it gets revealed that this team has been sent in as a diversion. And they get obliterated. And the thing that I thought was really amazing about that is, one... They didn't spend any time on the backstory of the Suicide Squad. It was literally like two lines of dialogue where they reminded you uh, they get 10 years off their sentence for a completed mission. Uh, their head gets blown up if they don't participate. And basically, boom, that's you're in. It gets taken. It, it, they spend no time on the exposition, which you don't need. And it was beautiful. And then they actually spend time with these characters building up this first part. Again, I had my suspicions where it was going, but you learn more about each of the characters on that initial team than you learn about some characters in entire other movies. Um, There was Mm -hmm. enough backstory there for each of those characters that when they do get mowed down, it was effective in a way that you do not normally see in movies, especially movies of this caliber. Um, And then... To go from there to developing this other team that actually has these really interesting, intriguing characters. Their treatment, especially of Polka Dot Man, was phenomenal. Phenomenal. And, you know, for me, as a horror fan and James Gunn with his horror roots, like having those moments of gore, there was some pretty intense gore in this film in small doses. Small doses. And they used them like 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 splash pages in the comic books. And it was perfect punctuation on the scenes. It, it made you feel, this movie made you feel like you were reading a comic book arc. It felt like yeah. comic books. It treated it seriously, but it wasn't so grounded and dark that it was Snyderverse up its ass. It just felt like a comic book treating itself seriously, but still having fun. And it was fun. And oh god, it was fun, and uh, yeah, yeah. DC, what did you think of the Suicide Squad? <laughs> no, I've railroaded um, you. I, you know, when if you watch the preview and you see the amount of characters, you know, half of them aren't making it to Act Three. Sure, I did not expect. 60 to 65 percent of them not to make it past minute 10 and part of me was a little bummed about that because i wanted to see savant sure i wanted to see you know 
Mongal or all of these people. However, it was a perfect way to do that and also to introduce, you know, Amanda Waller as a character is fantastic. I loved her in the animated stuff that they had uh, when she was in like the Justice League uh, cartoon or whatever, whether it was Batman or whatever. And Viola Davis, I think is the name. Yes. Um, plays her beautifully. I will kill, you know, one of my favorite scenes in the original Suicide Squad, which is not a good movie, is she's wrapping up, she's being rescued, and she just casually pulls out a gun and kills every FBI tech that's in the room because they don't have the clearance for that. And it's just like, that is a character that I hope we see more of. I don't know that we're going to get another movie, but I hope they do something. Yeah, we'll see. I heard it hasn't been that well received box office wise, but yeah. I think that's well, probably coming. No one's going to the movie in the era of the Delta variant. Come on. Right. But that, and also I think it comes off of the, the, the poor reception of the first film. I think it's yeah, difficult to sell true. another one of these movies. I mean, this has got to be one of the quickest turnarounds in terms of soft rebooting a franchise. Sure. Uh, it's barely sure. been any time since that first film. Um, but yeah, as, as my wife put it, when the movie was over, she's like, I just watch Idris Elba, John Cena and Margot Robbie do anything. Yeah. The thing like, I like about Margot Robbie in this film is she's not the main character. No, she's there enough. Yes. And she has her own little side quest at one point. Cause I watched pitch meeting and that's what he talked about in the pitch. meeting. But like, but I um, don't think Margot Robbie as that version of Harlequin is I don't think that's main character material. No, but she was perfect in the role in that part. Yes. You know, so again, I'm excited that they're, you know, they're clearly going to go somewhere else with Peacemaker and have John Cena doing stuff. But yeah, the movie was, was very good. And yes, we got a giant starfish who sent out little starfish that latched onto people's faces. And yeah, it was a good movie. My, my piece of positivity is tangentially related to this movie. Because on Sunday, uh, we got a new couch delivered. Um, And so Sunday afternoon, we sat on our new couch and watched the the Suicide Squad. Um, And that was our first kind of, you know, hangout on the couch type thing. Um, We have had a, a love sack, which is the giant kind of foam furniture. Uh, for a couple of years, and it is lovely and comfortable, um, but it's not a practical major piece of living room furniture. Uh, so the couch is a wonderful replacement. And the side benefit is that love sack is now right there as it got moved into this room because oh. we didn't have any other place for it. And so I played a video game while sitting in the love sack. I really contemplated just holding the microphone in my hand. And podcasting from the love sack. <laughs> it was just like I was going to ask, when I, are we going to get the first show recorded from the sack? But I, we might need to get a show from the sack. Maybe a future episode of of joy of booking or just a you know something will happen uh, in the sack. But uh, but yeah, so just you know that sort of thing. We are we are gearing up by by trying to make this place as much of a sanctuary, and we got some inspiration. I will say from Manson Manor, because, you know, when you come home at the end of your first day back to work on Monday, 
you have a lovely house with multiple places that you can go and just relax. And so the fact that you have that now, I feel like we have that as well. You have a place that you can sit and rest your tired glutes. That's that is wonderful. Well, yeah, because yeah, because you sit in the love sack and you're essentially sitting kind of on the floor, and getting up is getting more and more difficult the older I get. Doesn't get any easier. So, <laughs> yeah, getting up off the couch, I'm like, oh my god, this is so easy. I could do this all day. <laughs> so, but yes, so that is my piece of positivity. But we we watched. We are now. I know you don't care for Jennifer Aniston, but when this is over, I have to go watch the final episode of the morning show. My wife watched it over the last two days, two or three days. We have now watched. Uh, season one because it sounded like something I would at least be somewhat interested in and it is pretty good um, so I have to go continue to finish that when this is over but yes I'm enjoying my couch and I'm grateful for it so that is my piece of positivity and uh, in addition to a, a lively debate and discussion about pro wrestling which we don't often talk about we often we often try to find some small thing to mention about wrestling because it's in the title of the show, but today I feel like we had an actual, you know, worthy discussion of the name. So I'm grateful for that as well. Doc Manson, anything else you'd like to say before we head out into that good night? If you'd like to have your thoughts read on the air, if you'd like to you know, chime in what you think about uh, the WWE turning away from the Triple H led era of NXT, you can write in to podcast at DDTWrestling.com. Uh, you can listen to our back catalog of episodes. You can go to ddtwrestling.com, ddtpod.com. And of course, you can find the show on any podcast repository of your choice. And finally, if you like what you've heard, and how could you, head on over to patreon.com forward slash ddtwrestling to send just a little bit of financial support to DC and Doc. It helps us keep the lights on and this crazy podcast train a chug a luggage. Also, make sure you let us know how many contacts are in your phone and do you do first name, last name. That's important information for your everyday life. Very, very. He is Doc Manson, at Doc Manson. My name is DC Matthews, at the DC Matthews. Thank you for joining us on episode 283. Pretty sure, yeah. Until we meet again, my friends, won't you be our bestie? And... I can't do a good Sylvester Stallone. I don't got it.